A real estate investor with ties to Attorney General Ken Paxton makes an appearance in federal court today. The consequences, Nate Paul could face if convicted of making false statements. The federal government's indictment of Donald Trump now unsealed where the former president is accused of keeping classified documents. And look at this, the hottest day of the year so far, hitting 100 in Austin officially, when we may see severe thunderstorms in first warning weather. An Austin real estate investor and businessman is now facing eight federal criminal charges after years of being under investigation. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jennifer Sanders. I'm Daniel Marine. Now, he is central to the impeachment of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, but these charges predate that case. So we'll get to that connection in just a bit. But first, KXN's Tahar Rahman explains how federal prosecutors say Nate Paul misled several financial institutions to get his hands on millions of dollars in loans. In his first federal court appearance, 36-year-old Nate Paul made no comment on his eight finance-related charges. In this 23-page indictment, the U.S. government says between 2017 and 2018, Paul made several false statements and reports to get financial institutions to grant him loans. We asked his attorney if that discovery is what led to a series of FBI raids on Paul's home and properties that we reported in 2019. He had no comment. Prosecutors say three times Paul gave financial companies fake papers indicating that one of his bank accounts held millions of dollars when it actually had less than $13,000. Paul dealt with a credit union in Austin and lenders in Connecticut, New York, and Ireland. Prosecutors say Paul's tactics got him about $172 million in loans. That's money the government wants back. The federal government also wants Paul to give up all properties related to his charges, including these on Cesar Chavez and East Avenue. That was Tahar Rahman reporting. Now, we're still working to confirm if these charges played a role in the actions that led to the impeachment of Attorney General Ken Paxton. What we do know is that state investigators allege Nate Paul requested Paxton investigate those FBI raids Tahar mentioned. Former AG office staffers then blew the whistle on that investigation and then sued Paxton for wrongful termination when they were fired. A settlement of that lawsuit triggered the House Committee inquiry. Okay, turning now to weather. Uh, Daniel, you weren't in here, but David said ding ding. Well, he didn't say it like that, but he said <laughs> we have reached 100 degrees. He was happy. He said it with a smile. <laughs> it was exciting, but it's more like a wah wah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been here for what 22, 23 years. I, I'm, I'm still not used to it. Every no, summer is like, yeah. like, oh yeah, here we go. I forgot what it felt like. It's so hot outside. Yeah. Uh, this is not usual, by the way, for this early in the year. Check this out. 100 degree de uh, degrees on the dot today in Austin. That was one of our earliest starts to triple-digit heat in any given calendar year. Not the earliest, but look at this. We're tying with 2020 just a few years ago for June 9th, the start to triple digits for the summer. How many days will we end up with? Well, 29 is the long-term average over the past 30 years. We'll see how many we get this year. 95 with a few clouds trying to build up and produce some rain in Austin. Dry weather, though, in Travis County. Temperatures a little bit more reasonable for some of us now that we're clouding up a bit. 96 in Georgetown, still 99 
though, in Marble Falls. And you factor in the humidity, it still feels like north of 100 in many areas. Heat index 104 right now in Luling. Now, we do have a little 10% chance of a little cooling rain this evening. This is just clutter on the radar, not rain in Austin. Just south of town, though, a little thunderstorm popping up just east of Kyle near Euland. We'll keep an eye on the radar for the next couple of hours. Coming up in your forecast, severe storms are possible tomorrow. The hour-by-hour hour timing and record heat next week. All right, David, thank you. New tonight, Austin Energy has a new general manager. The interim city manager has appointed industry veteran Bob Kahn to what has been traditionally the highest paid city position. Now, he certainly has some experience. He's currently serving as the general manager of the Texas Municipal Power Agency, and he was formerly the president and chief executive officer of ERCOT. His first day as general manager will be July 3rd. Now, the job has been open since Jackie Sargent retired from the position back Back in March, she led the utility since 2016, but came under fire for how Austin Energy reacted to the winter storms earlier this year when some in Austin were left without power for days. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted on 37 felony counts stemming from his handling of classified documents after leaving the White House. And as NBC's Dallas Barr reports, they say he even showed those documents to people without security clearances. Mrs. Karen. Today, former Vice President Mike Pence reaching for one rung higher than his last job. Before God and my family, I'm announcing that I'm running for President of the United States of America. The move sets up a nearly unprecedented showdown between two former running mates. Pence now directly taking on former President Trump over his response to the January 6th Capitol attack. President Trump's words were reckless. Endangered my family. And on that day, President Trump also demanded that I choose between him and the Constitution. But he faces an uphill climb against the former president's sizable lead and joins a growing Republican field with billionaire North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum also jumping in today, promising a narrow focus. Economy, energy and national security. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie joined the race last night, coming out swinging against his ex-ally, former President Trump. Self-serving mirror hog is not a leader. The former president's closest rival, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, making a surprise visit today to the southern border in Arizona. It is not that difficult to have a stable border. Other countries do it. Mr. Trump, meanwhile, facing mounting legal troubles, including the potential for a federal indictment over his handling of classified documents. The former president fiercely denies any wrongdoing. A close aide testifying today before a grand jury in Florida. As speculation grows, the investigation could be nearing an end. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And we'll have those Trump indictment details coming up on NBC Nightly News. Coming up next, a raise for retired teachers in Texas, the upcoming ballot measure that can help bring in some much-needed benefits to hundreds of thousands of former educators. And no progress in sight over the state's top priority, lowering your property taxes. The Texans worried they could be forced out of their homes. And AI uh, meeting for on military defense, how the Pentagon is looking to regulate artificial intelligence. 
School districts around the country have been experiencing severe teacher shortages. Now this past year, nearly 50% of schools in America had a shortage of some sort. Elisa Villanueva Beard, the CEO of Teach for America, says the top issue leading to the shortage is teachers simply, they're not paid enough. And polls show low pay is the reason 80% of teachers consider leaving the classroom. When we adjust for inflation, we see that teacher salaries are literally stuck in the 90s. And Villanueva Beard also says that lawmakers can make changes to help attract new teachers with things like increased base salaries, tax credits, and loan forgiveness. In Texas, a bill to boost teacher pay in this last legislative session failed. Retired teachers, though, in Texas are one step closer to getting a little more financial assistance. The Most Texas legislature passed Senate Bill 10, setting the stage for a cost of living adjustment to the Texas teacher retirement system, the TRS, at the start of the new year. Now, this would mandate an immediate one-time payment of $2,400 for TRS retirees and beneficiaries who are at least 70 years old. And then this payment would be increased to $7,500 for those who are 75 and older. SB 10 also lays out the legal groundwork for a cost of living adjustment to the TRS annuity. Voters will get to decide on that in November. Well, as for the newly passed bill, it will affect roughly 400,000 Texans and will become law unless vetoed by Governor Greg Abbott before June 18th. Coming up, not much hope in sight for bringing down your property taxes. A look at how the state can finally help struggling Texans. And while Camp Mabry, close to downtown, hit 100 degrees, the airport fell just short. Pretty unusual out there, though, as well. 97 falling just two degrees shy of a daily record at AUS. No rain falling yet, but we do have a chance of severe weather this weekend. I'll time out that and wait until you see the temperatures that are still to come next. 10 days into the special legislative session and there is no progress in sight on lawmakers top priority lowering your property taxes and Texans on fixed incomes and retirees worry ever increasing taxes could force them out of their homes. Our Ryan Chandler brings us the story of one homeowner who is concerned that could happen to him and takes a look at how the state could finally help. Well, my wife does a lot of gardening. She's got tomato plants, pepper plants. Uh, last box down there is uh, potato plants. I built all these. Lyndon Ebright and his wife have built a good life just north of Austin. Got a lot of sweat labor involved in the property, you know. After more than two decades in their home, the roots run deep. Put a magnolia tree in out front. But when the bills come due, that tree isn't the only thing growing. 103, 659. You see, that was a big jump right there. And then this last one, 137,971, you know. It's a massive increase in five years. Oh yeah, massive increase in five years, you know, on unrealistic increase in five years. What's your biggest worry if your property taxes keep increasing at the rate they are now? I'll be priced out of the house. I'll have to be forced to sell, you know, and I don't want to be forced to sell just because I've got to pay my taxes, you know. So yeah. your house is paid off. Paid off. You're retired, you have no mortgage. Right. But you're still worried about being able to stay in your own home. Absolutely. Those worries have ignited intractable infighting among Texas's top Republicans. Cut your property tax rate for school MNO by 29%. That would save Lyndon just over $200. The Texas Senate has a competing plan. I can't imagine the governor will say to 5.7 million homeowners, you're not going to get a homeowner's exemption. 
That would save Lyndon more than $700, about 500 more than the governor's plan. I like that. Governor Abbott does not. The, the House of like Representatives that. does not. <laughs> yeah. For Lyndon, those savings are the difference between retiring in comfort or anxiety. But for others, he worries the stakes are much higher. Something's got to be done, especially as senior citizens, you know. I, I hate to see any seniors get forced out of their house. That would be a problem. In Liberty Hill, Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And going in depth right now, Texas is one of three states leading the country in foreclosures. According to Real Estate Data Group, Adam, just last month, Texas saw the start of over 2,000 foreclosures on properties across the state. Now, that's over 9% of the total foreclosures started for May. And nationwide foreclosures are up 4% from last month and 5% from a year ago. In spite of the jump, though, rates remain about the same as before the pandemic. The two states with more foreclosures, Florida and California. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, happy Friday evening. The weekend looks just about as hot as today, unfortunately, for your outdoor plans. Some of us actually getting even hotter over the next couple of days. Here we are right now on the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. Couple clouds trying to build over Austin in the distance. Temperatures are warm, but not absurd in this part of town. 94 degrees. Let me show you where they're even hotter, though. 98 in Horseshoe Bay, 99 in Kingsland. Temperatures a little more reasonable from Blanco out to Fredericksburg. This is partially due to higher soil moisture from all the recent rain. When the sun hits that soil, it puts off some moisture that makes it awfully humid, but it does keep the temperatures down at least for a few days. In the metro area, though, I fear that all of our urbanization kind of cancels out any soil moisture effect. It's 100 right now in Lakeway, 95 in Austin, 98 degrees at nearly dinner time in Leander, east of I-35. We're seeing a couple little pockets of rain-cooled air from a couple isolated showers, 92 in Giddings, though, and it feels a lot hotter than that. The temperatures are the main impact for your weekend plans, so let me take you from a hot Friday evening happy hour to an even hotter day tomorrow in some areas. Temperatures tomorrow should be about equal to where they were, maybe a degree hotter in some spots, upper 90s to near 100. Saturday afternoon plans, you've got to take breaks, stay in the shade, be hydrated, maybe stay in the AC overall, especially if you've got pets outside wearing their fur coat. On Sunday afternoon, look at this, temperatures go even higher. We should be over 100 degrees in Austin on Sunday. Temperatures 102, 103 in much of the hill country. Obviously, that ridge of high pressure, which was over New Mexico, is now building right overhead. This thing only gets stronger through next week. But there is a chance of storms coming from this guy out to the west. If we switch over to the water vapor satellite, this looks pretty impressive. A compact little comma shape, a potent little storm system, which is riding the periphery of that ridge. That means the worst of it it should go north of us tomorrow, but it'll be close enough for that three out of five risk of severe storms to clip Milam County and almost Gerald up in Williamson County. The rest of us, our risk has bumped up a little bit. Two out of five threat of severe weather here late Saturday. So let me show you some new model data. Just a very small chance of a shower this evening. Tomorrow we start out with partly cloudy skies, really hot and mainly dry weather through much of the day. But late in the afternoon and early evening, watch the timeline and watch up in the hill country. Here we are at 530 as that disturbance clips our northern counties 
A couple strong to severe storms start to develop, very large hail, wind damage. Those are the main concerns that we're watching for. As the main disturbance brings some bad weather up north of Waco, we're going to get kind of clipped by the tail end of it. Our models now want to take the worst of it away from us, which could be good news for your Saturday night. I've dropped rain chances slightly, but it's still possible that a few more of us see storms than what you see here. Late Saturday night, early Sunday, that disturbance passes and a much lower chance of rain left for the rest of your weekend Sunday. If that scenario plays out, we could see a couple severe storms clip our northern counties, but not a lot of widespread decent rainfall at this point. Tonight's forecast, after such a hot day, we've got some clouds rolling in from that disturbance to the west. That serves to lock in the daytime heat overnight. I think we've got a record warm night ahead of us, 77. The record is 76 from back in the 50s. Tomorrow afternoon, 99, if not 100. Chances of rain are there, but they're a little lower now at just 20%. After that, here we go, 101 with a slight chance of rain on Sunday. I have now raised your high temperatures next week to a couple of record tying or record setting readings for the date. We have never before seen a number like that on June 16th, 104 next Friday. All right, David, thank you. The new details out today as former President Donald Trump has been indicted on 37 felony counts stemming from his handling of classified documents after leaving the White House. Federal prosecutors accuse the former president of misleading federal investigators in order to hold on to sensitive materials that he knew were still classified and in two instances showing the documents to people without security clearances. Former President Trump denies wrongdoing, insisting he's being unfairly targeted the special counsel running the investigation disagrees. The laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States, and they must be enforced. And of course, NBC Nightly News will have much more on the charges coming up at 530. Well, is artificial intelligence a helpful tool or a threat to national security? The Pentagon speaks on new fears of how America's enemies could use AI against us. Lawmakers are slowly ramping up efforts to regulate artificial intelligence. Some in Congress say it's a matter of national security. Raquel Martin tells us the threat AI could pose militarily. Once it gets out of the box, it's hard to put it back in. Congressman Seth Moulton says he fears the U.S. government is not prepared to protect the nation from dangers posed by artificial intelligence. Risk is not from like-minded nations. The risk is that adversaries like Russia, like China, uh, will totally disregard the moral norms that we have for using weapons like this. AI developers now warn left in the wrong hands, their tools pose an existential threat to humanity. Moulton says he told the Pentagon about these very risks three years ago. What we need is actually a Geneva Conventions uh, type of an agreement that all nations, friend and foe alike, agree to. Thursday, the UK Prime Minister and President Biden signed an agreement pledging to step up. To ensure that this technological revolution makes us more secure and not less. We're in full total cooperation. Back on Capitol Hill, Moulton says he's pushing to add a provision in this year's defense bill to update AI guidelines within the military. We've got to get ahead of this, and candidly, the Pentagon's behind. This week, Senate Majority Leader Chuck okay. Schumer announced um, three Senate briefings on AI over the summer. 
One focuses specifically on military use of the technology. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley, who's introducing his own bill to rein in AI, says Congress must work quickly. Sure hope the defense bill will take cognizance of what China is trying to do militarily, particularly with AI. In Washington, Raquel Martin. Coming up tonight on KXAN, we have Hot Wheels, The Ultimate Challenge at 7, and then Dateline NBC at 8 o'clock, and then we're back with KXAN News at 10. And of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. Here's where to find us, or you can find us through your, on YouTube. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.